Hello there, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. If you're listening to this the week that this goes live, I hope that you're having the best holiday season. It's really, really hard to believe that 2022 is just a few days away. And as we kind of creep into the new year, you know what's to come, all of the talk about creating goals and setting resolutions. And I always think it's a good idea to have goals for your business. And the same goes for your podcast. But before you can create any kind of goals, you really need to kind of reflect on the year that you've just had with your show. And when it comes to your podcast, that usually involves looking at your stats. But you may be a little bit unsure of which numbers you should be looking at to get you the best information. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to leave this episode with an idea of what kinds of stats will bring you the best information, where you can find that information, and also why downloads are not the only way to measure the success of your podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. All right, so before we jump into having any kind of conversation about downloads, I have to give you my little spiel about downloads. When we use any kind of numbers to quote unquote measure our success, it really is easy to become totally obsessed with these numbers. People do it with their Instagram followers and their email list subscribers, and people definitely do it with their podcast downloads too. And I get why we do this. You put in so much work to manage all of the different aspects of your business. And of course, we want to know that people are enjoying our content and continuing to like our Instagram posts and read our emails and listen to our latest podcast episodes. And of course, we want to see those numbers growing over time. That's all part of growing a business or growing your podcast. But what I don't want for you to do is obsess over your download numbers or compare your numbers with anyone else. Download numbers, they're not readily available to the public. And so it's totally irrelevant if you have more downloads or less downloads than another podcast host. Each show is totally different and each audience is totally different. I have worked with clients who have tens of thousands of downloads each month, and I've worked with clients who have 100 downloads per month and everything in between, and every single one of those shows is a success in its own way, and I truly, truly mean that. I know sometimes it's nice to have kind of a benchmark number for you to compare yourself with, and so there is a data point that says that If you have around 170 downloads for an episode after it has been live for 30 days, if you have more than that, then you're in the top 50% of podcasts. But if you aren't there yet, that's 
totally okay. It doesn't make your podcast any less than any other podcast. I always love, I'm sure that you've heard this analogy, but I always love to think about it in terms of people actually being in front of you. If you have a 100 people listening to your podcast every week, imagine if you had a room full of a 100 people who were really invested what in what you were saying and coming to you every week to hear you in a room week after week after week. That's pretty amazing, and that is something to celebrate, whether it's 10 people or 100 people or 1,000 people or 500,000 people, whatever the number is, it's all worth celebrating. And I just want you to remember that the only competition that you should be in is with yourself. Okay, that is my little spiel. It's over for the most part. So before I go into specific numbers to look at, I want to go over three really quick things that I want to make really clear. So number one, when it comes to your download numbers, especially if you are a new podcaster, I just want you to manage your expectations when it comes to podcast downloads. I did a post on Instagram about this the other day that I'll link to in the show notes, but I don't want you to assume that your podcast downloads are going to align exactly with your Instagram followers or your Facebook group members, meaning that if you have 20,000 followers on Instagram, don't assume that you'll have 20,000 downloads right away. And I don't mean that in a harsh or mean way. I just I just want to manage your expectations and explain why this is actually a really good thing. So keep in mind that when someone is listening to your podcast, they are someone who is way more invested and engaged in what you're saying than someone who clicks a like on your Instagram post, right? They're seeking you out to listen to you. They are the people who want to get to know you more, learn from you, and are probably very interested in what you might be offering them. So thinking about Instagram, for example, if you put up a post and it gets 50 likes, but of those 50 likes, maybe five people make a comment. And you might be thinking, well, I spent a lot of time on this Instagram post and I thought that it was going to be really well received and get a lot of comments. It's the same with your podcast. Maybe you have 30 people who listen to you every single week without fail and maybe you're feeling badly about that. Maybe you don't feel like your numbers are high enough, but I want you to celebrate those people. Those are the people who will share with other people who would benefit from your show. Those are the people who are really invested in you and what you have to say. Okay, number two is that I want you to remember that your podcast content, unless you're doing some sort of private podcast that is only released for a certain amount of time, your content is evergreen. So I get a question a lot from people and they ask me if I have an episode that didn't do very well, should I delete it? And I think they feel like If they leave this episode up that hasn't done really well, it's going to somehow affect their other episodes for some reason or their stats. But again, nobody can see your stats like your download numbers except for you. So my answer is always no. Your episodes will gain traction over time. And even if they aren't as popular as other episodes, so what? The only time that I would recommend deleting an episode is if it includes something that doesn't align with your values or if you feel like your point didn't come across in the way that you wanted it. For example, 
I have a client whose podcast is for moms. She has a very large and engaged audience on social media and with her podcast. And that comes with a lot of people who are also very quick to critique her. And she had an episode where she had a guest that she just didn't quite feel aligned with what she usually spoke to. So we ended up taking the episode down about a month after it had been released. So it was already out into the world for a little bit. And so in that case, it would put her overall download numbers down because that episode had already been out. And so now those downloads are technically erased. But otherwise, unless it's a situation like that, I don't see any reason to take down an episode just because it has less downloads than another. And then number three I want to very quickly define what a download is. So a download is not when somebody actually downloads the episode onto their computer or onto their phone or whatever device they're on. A download is basically the same thing as a listen. So this means that even if someone only listened to part of your episode, it counts as a download. And this is just another reason why downloads should not be the only thing that you measure when it comes to your podcast. Most hosts like Libsyn, which is what I typically recommend, it gives you what's called a unique download. And so what this means is that if I listen to part of an episode on my computer and then I wanted to get my phone out and finish the episode in my car while I was driving, it would still only count as one download because it's from the same user. So just to clear that up before we go into what kinds of download numbers to track. So in your host, most hosts will give you your download numbers. And so what they do is they take your download numbers from all of the different platforms and lump it into one. So they're taking the numbers from Spotify, from Google Podcasts, from Apple Podcasts, from Stitcher, from all of the different platforms, and giving you an overall number. And so you can look at your stats in your host, but I like to set up a spreadsheet for my clients that really allows you to have everything in one view. And I just think it's easier to track numbers over time, especially when it comes to per episode downloads. So here are the main numbers that I suggest that you track in your spreadsheet. Number one is your one-day downloads. And why this is a good number is because it will give you kind of an estimate of how many super fans you have. So how many people are listening to your episode the day that it comes out. These are also probably people who are subscribed or who follow your show. The next number that you can track is a seven-day download. And just to clarify, this is per episode. So you'll have a one-day download for each episode, a seven-day download for each episode, and then a 30-day download and a 90-day download. So in your spreadsheet, on the left-hand side, you could have the title of your episode, and then the columns to follow would be your one-day download for that episode, seven-day download, 30-day download, and 90-day download. And you can input the numbers into the spreadsheet for each of the episodes. And this will kind of let you see how each episode is doing over time. It's also another 
Again, great reminder that your content is evergreen. Sometimes I think we forget that when someone new discovers our podcast, they might not start with our latest episode. They might kind of skim through, find one that jumps out at them, and go from there. So maybe you put out an episode last week that got 50 downloads, but then by the time it's been out for 90 days, it's got 250 downloads. So it's grown over time. Tracking these one-day, seven-day, 30-day, and 90-day downloads will also help you to see any outliers, episodes that did really well or not so much. And then you can kind of consider why. Was it a really super enticing title that made more people click on that episode than another one? Was it really relevant to a time of year for your listener? Did a lot of people share the episode on social media that week? These are all things that you can kind of think about, and you can even include a notes section on your stats spreadsheet to make any kind of note about anything you did differently to promote the episode that week. Or if you had several people share that episode on their Instagram stories the week it went live, whatever it is, it's good to jot those things down and kind of reflect on later when you're looking at the growth of each of your episodes. And then you can use that data to plan out future episodes. So for example, I have a client who did a topic, she did a couple episodes on nonfiction and her audience is teachers and we could see a clear increase in downloads for those episodes the first week that it went live. So that was a really, really clear indication that Nonfiction is a topic that her audience really needs to hear more of. So that could help her with her planning in the future. And then typically guest episodes will have more downloads as long as the guest is sharing the episode in some sort of way. You'll probably see a bit of a spike in one-week downloads if you have a guest interview that week. Okay, so for each episode, you'll track the one-day, seven-day, 30-day, and 90-day downloads. And this is something that you can go in and do weekly or you can do it monthly. But then at the end of each month, there are two big numbers that I always track. The first one is your overall monthly downloads. So that would be for all episodes, but just for that month. And depending on your host, they'll make this really easy for you. I use Libsyn, so when I log into Libsyn, right there on the dashboard, the first screen that I see, there's something called a stats snapshot, and it'll have a little chart that reflects your downloads. On the left-hand side, it says downloads, and then it has every month. It shows the most recent four months, and then you can click view all stats to see previous months and previous weeks, and you can create a date range of your own to check out any kind of stat that you want to. So if it's the end of December, I would log into Libsyn and I would jot down the December download number. And then at the bottom of that same screen, there's an all-time downloads. And that's the second number that I track at the end of every month. All-time downloads include every single download that you've ever had from your very first episode to your current episode. So your overall monthly downloads and then your all-time downloads are two really clear, simple ways to track the growth of your podcast. Another thing I want to mention is that in Libsyn, you can sort by most popular episodes. So you can put in the filter for that and it'll give you your top 10 episodes, which I think is really great to do quarterly or at least every year minimum. 
but you also need to consider how long that episode has been out. So your most popular episode may be one of your very first episodes because it was a popular topic and it's been out the longest. So you do have to consider a few things when you look at that. So kind of the too long, didn't read version of this is that you want to measure growth over time. You want to see that your numbers are growing, even if it's a slow growth. It is totally normal to see your downloads ebb and flow a little bit. But if there's a significant drop in monthly downloads over time, like for example, maybe you had 2,000 downloads in November and then 1,500 in December and then 700 in January, like that's definitely an indication that something is wrong and something is really not resonating with your audience because you are not retaining listeners, you're not gaining new listeners, your numbers are actually going down. But as long as you're seeing some growth over time, you are golden. And of course, The longer that you have your show, the better data that you're going to have and the easier it's going to be to really track your growth over time. So because I'm a former teacher and I just really like to repeat things and make sure that it sticks with you, just a recap of those important numbers to track. Your one-day download, seven-day download, 30-day download, and 90-day download per episode And then your overall monthly downloads for all episodes and all-time downloads for all of your episodes that have ever been released. One other great stat to look at is your consumption rate. Now, there are some hosts that, depending on which plan you have, will give you your consumption rate, but very few of them do. Um, However, You can go into your Apple Connect account for Apple Podcasts, and you can see your average consumption rate for each episode. Now, keep in mind that this is only, that will only be for people who listen on Apple. So it's not your entire audience, but it'll give you a really good indication of your average consumption rate. So what that number does is it's telling you the percentage of each episode that the person has tuned in for. So you can see if people are listening to most of your episodes or if they're kind of falling off at the end. And then you can look at your most consumed episodes and plan more content around that because clearly those are topics that have held the attention of your listener. If there's episodes that have really low consumption rates, think about why this might be the case. Maybe it was a much longer episode than normal, and if that's so, maybe you need to shorten them. I'd aim for an average consumption rate of 70% or more on most episodes. If they're consistently lower than that, but your downloads are continuing to grow, then I'd say that's a sure sign that your episodes are probably too long for your audience. And before I start to kind of wrap things up, I I do want to touch on ratings and reviews. For reviews, when people go and write a review for your show on Apple Podcasts, reviews do not necessarily help grow your show. What they do do is that they help build trust with potential listeners. So if somebody's skimming through or if somebody's been recommended or they stumble across, across your podcast – A lot of people will go and see, oh, does this show have any reviews? And if they do, I want to check them out. Is this like a good use of my time to listen to this podcast? And if they see a bunch of great reviews, then that's going to be a sign to them that, hey, this is probably a good show to listen to. 
What reviews also do is if you get a lot of them in a short period of time, this will help increase your chances to chart or to hit the charts, you've probably heard people say. When you hit the charts, it really is kind of a vanity metric. The charts change a million times a day. You could have high downloads but not chart. You might chart when you first launch your podcast because you get a bunch of reviews at once and then you might never chart ever again and that's okay. It's not an indication of how successful your show is. But I want to touch back on reviews for just a minute. Don't obsess over reviews. After you have, you know, a solid group of them, that's great. You you can Go through periods of time where you kind of push for them more. People need reminders. People need a lot of reminders before they'll actually go and write a review. Of course, you'll have some people who are wonderful and go and write that review without being reminded. But most people do need that reminder. It's just not something that people really think about doing, even if they're listening to your show every single week. Don't feel like it's something that you have to constantly be worrying about. And then let's talk real briefly about what to do if you get a bad review on your podcast because, I mean, just like anything, if you're putting it out into the world to the public, it's open for criticism and that can be really hard to deal with if you get a bad review. So first of all, I truly do not even understand why somebody would go out of their way to write a bad review other than just to be hurtful, especially with social media now. I would say most people who have a podcast probably have some sort of social media. And if you really have a true concern about a podcast, you could always reach out to the person via email or social media and voice your concerns there in in a kind way. But the reality is there are people who do this and we have to be prepared for that, especially As your audience grows, the potential to get a bad review grows, unfortunately. So the first thing that I would say to you if you get a bad review is, is there something that I could learn from this? Is there something true to this review? And can I take this criticism and put it to good use and maybe make some improvements for my show? So maybe it's a comment about bad audio or an inconsistent release schedule, you know? So if it's something like that, that maybe you could step back and say, hmm, maybe I could improve on this, then take it with a grain of salt, make the improvements that you need to, and move on. Don't let it consume your day. But there are people who leave bad reviews that are just absolutely ridiculous because they didn't like the topic that was talked about or they didn't like the way that you said a word or, you know, like there's so many silly little things that I've seen people write bad reviews for. And it as the host, you really can't just delete it unless it's something that is considered harassment. You can reach out to Apple Podcasts and get it removed, but it's not like you have control to just delete it like you could a comment on Instagram. However, if it is something that is truly hurtful, I would absolutely make the effort to try and reach out to Apple Podcasts to see if it can be removed. Hopefully, you don't ever have to worry about dealing with this, but I wanted to mention it because it does happen. And in fact, if you go and search for any big-name podcaster, I am certain that you will find at least one negative review. 
Okay. And then just one more quick thing about charting. You can sign up for a free account on chartable.com and it will send you updates on if you hit the charts and you can go into your account and see your history of charting and all of that. So that can be a really great resource for you. And lastly, as I mentioned before, downloads are not the only way to measure the success of your podcast. So a couple other ways that I want you to consider measuring your success is the messages that you get from your listeners. When people take the time out to message you and let them let you know how much they loved your episode or ask you a follow-up question after listening, there's no better feeling as a podcast host than to get those messages or to see somebody sharing your episodes on social media. So that is something that you should absolutely take into consideration, save those things, create a little happy file that you can go back to if you're having a bad day. Also consider how happy it makes you to create your podcast. If your podcast is something that brings you joy and you look forward to recording episodes every week, that is not something to be overlooked. And then the third other way to measure the success of your podcast is the traffic that it drives to your website or your TBT store, your membership, your online course. So thinking about how you're building these relationships with your listeners and how they are shifting into customers. So I hope that this has given you some good ideas on things to track for your show and things not to obsess over with your show. And with all of that being said, should you celebrate huge milestones with your downloads and with hitting the charts? Yes, absolutely. Should you have goals to grow your show? Yes, of course. And speaking of that, over the next couple of months, I am going to be sharing ways that you can set goals as well as some different strategies for for growth for your podcast. Starting with next week, I'm going to be talking about how you can use the data that I talked about in this episode to make goals for your podcast in the new year. As always, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you taking the time out of what I assume is a very, very busy day and spending it with me. Have a very happy new year, and I will see you here next week. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.